Welcome to FYI Politics for today, the day before Thanksgiving. I'm Todd Mickelson. I'm sitting in for Brett Johnson. Brett told me that uh, he could really use a long overdue break from politics. And can't we all after this, these last four years and this whole election cycle? So um, we're, we're going to talk about cooking today, I think. No, we're not going to talk about, about cooking. But we are going to change things into being more positive uh, than we're used to hearing in, in all of this news. I think there are a lot of things turning around right now. Uh, there's really good news came out on Monday. General Motors has made an announcement. Uh, not only are they not going along with Trump's opposition to the California emissions law, but they have stated that they're looking forward to working with the Biden-Harris administration and fellow auto ma manufacturers to develop zero emissions vehicles in the United States. Um, there was even a story I saw that... that uh, they're going to shoot for 2030 to have electric cars. Um, maybe there will be a new invention before then even. Uh, other good news, uh, something that just came out this morning actually, Kim Norton, she is the mayor of Rochester, Minnesota. She, uh, I, I got to meet her years about eight years ago when I ran for uh, the Minnesota State House and she was in the Minnesota State House. She had turned a Red District Blue down by Rochester a few years before that. And as mayor of Rochester, you might remember it was actually October 30th, the day before Halloween, that, that uh, Trump was going to come to Rochester. And there was a lot of rigmarole going on where he was going to do something in a hangar at the airport. And then it got changed to a business because the airport said, no, you can't gather more than 250 people. Um, you know, so then Keith Ellison asked that business what their safety protocols were, and then the business folded on it, and the Trump uh, rally had to go back to the airport. Kim, it just is coming out now um, through Minnesota Reformer, just found uh, out they, they asked for some information and got a bunch of texts going back and forth. And Mayor Kim Norton actually put her foot down and stood up against Trump. She said, there's no way that you're going to have more than 250 people gathered. And she also said, there's no way anybody from the Trump campaign is going to step foot into the Rochester airport until they are paid up front, because we all know that the Trump, uh, when they put on these rallies, they, they don't pay. <laughs> they leave a big mess. Uh, they have to have police security and all kinds of things. It costs the the city, a lot of money, uh, tens of thousands of dollars at least usually, and she demanded a, at least $16,000 be paid before anybody from the Trump uh, campaign even stepped into the airport, and they wired the money. And so Rochester was paid up front, and they were not allowed to have more than 250 people. So possibly the the only person to stand up to Trump since he was president is Kim Norton, our very own Minnesota Kim Norton, uh, a woman mayor from Rochester, Minnesota. I, I was delighted to read that story. I was also going to talk about moving forward, things that can happen to, to change the way that we need to. We hear Joe Biden, his his kind of moniker now is build back better. And I think that's a really great slogan. We've done it before. Uh, whenever a, a Democratic president gets voted into the White House, he has to spend at least a couple years cleaning up the huge mess that was left by the previous Republican president. One of the biggest messes left was back, of course, in uh, the 1932 is when um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was elected, and it was in the midst of the Great Depression. Before that, it was uh, kind of very similar to what's been going on here for the last couple of decades, the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer, and it led to a big bank crash uh, in, in October of 1929, and a lot of people don't really realize how serious that was. We've, we, we had bank crashes going on in 2008 with the Great Recession under the Bush administration, but now we have something that's called the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And that was founded in June of 1933 
by FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, and under his administration, and it was in reaction to the big bank crash that happened in 1929. If you had money in the bank, you could not get money back out. If you were a regular person and you had a couple hundred dollars in the bank, which now would be you know a few thousand dollars in today's money, so if you were just a regular person, you had you know a a couple hundred to a few thousand dollars in the bank. You went down to the bank and they said, "No, your money's gone," and you were left out in the cold, literally. No money to pay rent, no money to buy food. That's why there were, there were food lines, soup lines, and things like that during the Great Depression. It was a lot more scary than the Great Recession that happened in 2008. So what did Franklin Roosevelt do? Did he try and work across the aisle? Did he try and uh, take the teeth out of his ideas so that he could get Republican votes? No, he didn't. He he went full bore. He did what was considered then and would still be considered now very radical legislation. Uh, the the radical re- legislation that I'm talking about is social security. Who's against social security right now? Pretty much nobody. At least you, they you can't publicly talk about being against social security if you're a politician. But uh, that was passed and and. Also, the FDIC. There were a lot of measures that were passed that basically turned things around from the Great Depression into eventually leading to the greatest boon in our uh, economic history. Franklin Delano Roosevelt on October 31st, 1936. It was three days before that year's presidential election. And uh, it it was, you know, it was a big deal. It was going—he was trying to be reelected for the first time. He ended up being reelected four times, I believe, but this was the first time. So it was 1936, and he had to wait 15 minutes for the crowd to stop applauding before he could even speak. And that's just four years into his presidency. The Great Depression was getting better, but it was things were still pretty gnarly, so to speak, in in uh, 1936. And, but he he stuck to his principles in the speech. He pledged to continue the New Deal and criticized those that—he he said, they are unanimous in their hate for me, and I welcome their hatred. So he wasn't pulling any punches, and I think that uh, we can learn from the past, from that era, but we can also look at what's going on right now. A lot of people you might know about uh, rep. Representative Katie Porter. She's a congresswoman. She won the election in 2018 in Orange County, California, in the southern part of Orange County. That is a place that Democrats never expected to win at all. They always ran sacrificial lambs out there, if anybody. Sometimes there was they, they couldn't find any candidate. And the Republicans previously would win sometimes in the 80 percentile of the vote. Uh, it was rare that they fell below 60%. So it was usually in the 60s, 70s, sometimes even 80%, the Republican would win that district. No Democrat had won the district since it basically the lines were drawn in 1953. But then Katie Porter comes along, she gets voted in, and she wasn't pulling any punches. She wasn't hiding. She wasn't, she, she was talking about progressive liberal policy. She won the election by 52.1% in 2018. And then a lot of, she became kind of nationally famous because she is a really great litigator and, and uh, she has been in committee hearings. She's the one with the whiteboard and she asks really tough questions of the people who are in the hot seat. She hasn't been holding back at all from her progressiveness. And in 2020, what happened, even though she had the, everything in the kitchen sink thrown against her in in her uh, election, she brought the percentage up. She won again in 2020, this time with 53.5% of the vote. Orange County, California. So I think we can, uh, I'll use another example from a, a few years ago here in Minnesota. Uh, just the same way Republicans won't speak against Social Security, they also never talk against or even mention the Minnesota fourth-tier taxation level. That did not exist 10 years ago. It was put in. uh, uh, Governor Mark Dayton 
uh, put it through. We had a DFL-controlled Senate and House because the DFL swept everything in the 2012 campaign or, or election cycle. Uh, of course, that was after the GOP shut down the state government in 2011, and they also tried to pass the uh, the gay um, uh, gay marriage amendment that would have uh, disallowed gay marriage forever in Minnesota. That uh, uh, really angered a lot of people. So the Republicans really messed up, and the DFL took complete control of the state legislature. And when they took control at the beginning of the 2003 legislative session, the state had a $6 billion deficit. And within about a year and a half, that turned into a $2.6 billion surplus. And that was a lot because of the fourth-tier taxation level. So because it worked so well, I mean, that's a lot of money shifting for just one little uh, rule change. The, the, the fourth-tier taxation level basically made it so that if you made more than $152,000 or $3,000, you started to get taxed at about 2.6% more on everything above that. You, you wouldn't be taxed any more on anything below that, but everything above that, you paid about 2.5% more. So just with that slight change, we were able to turn a $6 billion deficit into a $2.6 billion surplus. And that's why you never hear Republicans talk about that anymore, because it was a bold, they would call it radical, legislative change that the Democrats made that worked. And that's what we need to do. We need to do the things that we know will work. And then after they work, everyone accepts it because everybody's doing better. And uh, I believe that's the way that we need to move forward. Uh, I am a big fan of President Barack Obama. Um, he, he made the mistake, and I wouldn't even call it a mistake, because who would have ever dreamed that the Republicans' only cause in life was to uh, try and make him a one-term president? So they wouldn't cooperate with him at all. He tried to cooperate with them and lost an opportunity there to, to, to do some strong legislation uh, I think that we're going to take a break right now, and uh, we'll come back, and, and I'd like to talk about a little bit more Minnesota politics when we come back on FYI Politics. Uh, you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. If you do want to call in, the phone number is 952-946-6205, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. It's been great working with so many of the passionate AM950 listeners over the years. We have realized how important AM950 is to the community. I want to see AM950 continue to grow and continue to thrive into the future. To help continue to grow, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to do your part by liking and sharing the content on AM950 social media platforms. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Ryan has always told me the best time to get work done is during the cold months of the year because demand is much lower. He is backing that up again by offering 30% off labor on windows and siding from now until the end of December. Call Snap Construction now to get 30% off labor on windows and siding. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Trust the company AM950 trusts Snap Construction, arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window contractor in the metro area. Get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. Hi, this is Laura. 2020 has been marked by a virus, growing evidence of the climate crisis, a political uprising, and many of us are feeling unsettled. Together, we get by with a little help from our friends. Together, we find the resilience to meet the moment. Regenerative economics holds great promise for improved systems. Instead of a dog-eat-dog world, let's create a trust economy, one that honors the earth and sees the limitless value of each individual. When we buy from each other, we know each other. Go to am950radio.com and see the wonderful independent businesses AM950 relies on to exist. These businesses are more than advertisers. They are our friends. We all get by with a little help from our friends. Help us build the AM950 business ecosystem. If you know of a company, service, or product that belongs in the AM950 community, let me know. Laura at am950radio.com, or you may also call the station, 952-946-8885. AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. 
Hi, I'm Alicia Luther Toms, Certified Financial Planner with RBC Wealth Management. I'm part of an all-woman financial advisor team with combined experience of over 40 years. Whether it's leaving something for your loved ones, enjoying your own retirement, or giving to a favorite charity, we'll help you plan, and there's no better time than right now. This is Alicia Luther Toms at 612-770-4460 or alicia.luther.toms at rbc.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA SIPC. This is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design and Drink in the Style. You may not realize it, but a trained, skilled interior designer cannot just beautify your space. They can functionify it as well. I don't know if that's a word, but it is a thing. So why not check out HabitationDesign.com and see if it looks like we're right for you. If it does, give us a call and let's schedule an appointment, in person or virtually, to make your home exceptional. HabitationDesign.com Hello and welcome back to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Todd Mickelson sitting in for Brett Johnson, who is the normal host of FYI Politics. And he's uh, taking some time off for Thanksgiving and a little bit of time off from some politics, which is well-deserved. Like I said before, we can all use a a, a little bit of time off from politics. Hopefully tomorrow um, you won't be getting together with too many people, but you'll at least be able to take the day off and... and, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been watching The Crown. Uh, that's been fun. That could be something you could do for Thanksgiving. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Minnesota. There are good and bad things uh, going on in Minnesota. Part of it has to do with a reflection of what's going on nationally. Uh, a really great thing that happened in Minnesota yesterday, Minnesota certified the election results, and it, that confirmed that uh, Joe Biden won the presidency here in Minnesota by 7% above Donald Trump. So Minnesota went uh, quite, a, quite a ways leaning toward Joe Biden. Uh, what, another thing that happened is locally, we had more trouble than we thought we would. And I really believe strongly that it, that was a, a lot because of the pandemic. It was, uh, the decision was made right away that the DFL would not allow any of its candidates to knock on doors, and that is the secret to uh, win elections at the local level. People at the, I, I ran for the Minnesota State House back in 2012 and 2014. I was in a very red district, and I knocked on doors uh, really hard, and I mean not physically knocking, the knocking part not really hard. I mean I, I just knocked on a lot of doors. Uh, and I was able to bring the percentage point up by 9% in my very red district. And that's because people met me at their door. And they usually would – you know, I'm, I'm a small business owner, so I had that on a piece of lit. I would hand them a piece of lit and I would say, I'm Todd Mickelson. I'm running for the Minnesota State – house and they would say, what is your business? And I would explain what my business was and they would say, well, that's great. I'm going to vote for you. We very rarely even talked about any issues, but it was just that they liked that I was out door knocking and they were glad to meet me and, and they voted for me. So that's how things work at the Minnesota House and Minnesota Senate uh, campaign level, and uh, Democrats were not allowed to do that. Therefore, we did not take the Senate back like everyone thought we would. Uh, we, I actually last week was talking with Brett Johnson on the air here. Uh, he had predicted that if Joe Biden wins Minnesota by five percentage points, that the DFL would have taken back the Senate. And I really believe a lot of the reason that even though Biden won by seven percentage points, we did not take the Senate, and it was because we were hamstrung by the way that we were allowed to campaign. I don't blame the DFL for making that decision. That's just a really, really tough decision to make. I think uh, very complicated as well. A lot of people would have been kind of mad if if they got a knock on the door back in May when everybody was even more scared of the virus than they are now. Um, which we we should be uh, at least have respect for the virus now more than we do. But back then, people might have been really put off if you knocked on their door. So, you know, some some thought it was kind of six one way, half dozen the other. Um, I think in the end, it really turned out that, that the DFL was hamstrung by that. And I think that then 
falsely is empowering the Minnesota Republican Party. Before Minnesota certified yesterday, and everybody knew that Minnesota was going to certify the election results yesterday in late morning, and in the early morning, Representative Steve Draskowski, Tim Miller, and Jeremy Munson, they uh, put up a lawsuit accusing Steve Simon, the Secretary of State, accusing Steve Simon of illegally altering state election laws dealing with absentee ballots and who can assist people at the polls. So they're taking a big cue from the Trump debacle that's been going on with with Rudy Giuliani and his hair dye running down his face, talking about that they wouldn't let uh, uh, Republicans in to monitor the polls. So that's kind of a reflection of that. Another reflection of that was Minnesota Republican Party chairwoman Jennifer Carnahan put out a letter that was poorly written, by the way, uh, last, I think late last week, saying that there were voter irregularities in some, uh, mostly in some Western, just a little beyond the suburbs, but some would even consider them suburban counties like Wright County, um, uh, Carver County, a couple others. She said there were voter irregularities because in the past, those counties were leaning toward Republicans. And now this time, some of them went more toward Democrats. She calls that voter irregularity. Most of us just call that uh, the will of the voters. But she was definitely taking a cue from the national uh, debacle going on about that, you know, how Trump is not accepting the results. Another thing that ended up happening that uh, as a candidate who ran for, for office really, really burns my bean, I think we're allowed to say on the radio, State Senators Tom Bach and Dave Tomasoni, they are longtime DFLers, and they announced about a week after, a week and a half after the election, that they're forming a new Minnesota Senate Independent Caucus. Uh, Tom Bach is up in District 3. Tomasoni is in District 6, the, the uh, Minnesota Senate Districts 3 and 6. They're the two districts that basically make up the, the uh, arrowhead of Minnesota, and in both of those districts, everybody else went for the DFL. The, all the voters voted DFL pretty much up and down the ballot in those districts. And Tom Bach and, and Dave Tomasoni had their names as DFLers. So the voters voted for the the state house candidates, um, all four of which in in District Three A and B and District Six A and B, the DFL won those. And of course, so did Bach and Tomasoni, but now they're basically fooling their voters. Oh, no, see, I fooled you. I ran as a DFLer, but now I'm going to be an independent. And of course, uh, Tomasoni already got a, a, a chair uh, appointment from the Republican majority. And it changes the numbers in the Republican majority uh, Senate. We're, we're two more down right now. we we were only one down. Now we're three down because these guys are no longer part of the DFL. Now, when I ran, I ran in 2012 and it was really tough. I just told you about, you know, I, I worked really hard, still was unable to win. Uh, and it, it was pretty discouraging. So when I ran in 2014, for a moment, I thought maybe I should run as an independent. I'm out here in a kind of a red district, but it's traditionally red. It's not it's not like really Tea Party red. And if I ran as an independent, I could see a lot of people voting for me, even if they don't know who I am. But then I thought, no, I, I'm a lifelong uh, liberal, progressive uh, Democrat. I would be fooling the voters. Also, to run as an independent is much more difficult. You need to come up with uh, – it, it, I think they would have to come up with something like um, 5,000 uh, signatures. I'm not sure what the rules are. You have to come up with a, a lot of signatures in a short period of time. You get no help. It, the DFL didn't help me a whole lot because I was in such a red district that I was kind of considered a, a sacrificial lamb. But I still got uh, training to how to be a candidate, you know, candidate training. I got some money from the local committee. Uh, so I, I did get some help running under the, and I didn't have to come up with all these signatures just to get on the ballot. So there's a huge advantage to running under the DFL or the Republican Party. These guys ran under the DFL party, and before they're even sworn into this new session, 
they leave the party. I I can't tell you how angry I am, and I can only imagine the voters up in their district how much even more angry they are. So um, Tom Bach, Dave Tomasoni, they were kind of uh, all practically you know, Republicans in a lot of ways. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't agree with the way Tom Bach handled a lot of things when he was the uh, leader, the DFL leader of the Senate caucus. Uh, and of course, he was just voted out. He was he was uh, challenged for the first time and lost. That might be part of the reason why he's doing this. Maybe he's angry at the DFL party. But either way, he shouldn't have ran as a DFLer then. He should have uh, changed into an independent before the election. So that's a very maddening thing and some things that are not really going in the right direction here in Minnesota politics. I think that's going to turn around in 2022 as the Democrats are allowed to door knock again. But uh, we'll have to see how that goes. In the meantime, we may have to deal with some Republicans who are fantasizing that, uh, that Trump actually did win the election and it was stolen and there was voter irregularity and, uh, you know, all of this stuff. It's going to be pretty contentious again. Um, uh, But I'll talk about some good news when we come back, Uh, some good news going on in Minnesota. You are listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Todd Mickelson sitting in for Brett Johnson. And again, the phone number here is 952-946-6205. And we will be back in a couple of minutes. Food Freedom Radio is generously supported by Seward Co-op, now offering online ordering and pickup at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Shop online at seward.coop slash curbside and then pay over the phone. Just call when you arrive at the store for pickup. It's that easy and safe. Offering dedicated pickup times for our first responders, seniors, and those with compromised immune systems from 1 to 2 p.m. Start your shopping at seward.coop slash curbside. Stay safe. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm an idealist working to change the world. My show, Ellie 2.0 Radio, highlights other past and present idealists and the incredible things humans can do when we work for the greater good. You remember that idea about the greater good, right? I've got a vision of a better world where everyone has a place at the table. Listen every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. and be inspired on AM 950. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. Auto Technical helps families in need of transportation with reconditioned vehicles. Here's Richard with Auto Technical. I'll tell you, my wife told me when we first started, she says, you're going to find this so rewarding. But when people come in and, oh, man, give me a second. Take your time. And you just find out how important transportation is. People sometimes break down in tears and can't stop. Learn more at autotechnical.org. Do you believe in ghosts? Ever wondered if aliens from other planets visit the Earth? Have you ever thought about whether Bigfoot is real? My name is Greg Bakken, and on my new show, Ghost Box Radio, we'll have these conversations about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, or just the unusual, bringing together guests who are experts in these fields. Join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. for Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken on AM 950, even if you're a skeptic. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. So come check out their pizza and wine bar, or get a treat from the bakery made fresh daily. Plus, you can still do online ordering and takeout, along with gift cards. Just go to CafeLatte.com and choose from their ever-changing selection of award-winning salads, sandwiches, and soups. Cafe Latte is located off Victoria and Grand and online at CafeLatte.com.
Welcome back to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Todd Mickelson sitting in for Brett Johnson on today's FYI Politics show. Uh, We're going to talk a little more about some Minnesota things going on. Some good news yesterday, Governor Walls announced that uh, there is a plan in the House. The DFL House has a plan for some COVID relief money and uh, some some good ideas on how to administer it. It's very focused on small businesses and even uh, like restaurants and entertainment businesses and things like that. And the good news is that the House Republicans have a plan as well that is very close to the same. They, there's some details that are a little bit different, um, but I don't think they're going to cause too many arguments. I think I think the, the, in the House, the DFL and the GOP is close enough that they're going to come to a good agreement. Uh, actually, what I read was the DFL expects about $350 million to be paid out to small businesses, and the GOP has, they're thinking more like $400 million. So a rare occasion where the GOP is, uh, is uh, talking about more money than the DFL. And the there's some details about where the money's going to come from, but that's even pretty much being agreed upon. The GOP's talking about it coming from the general fund, the rainy day fund, it's called. And, uh, and then Governor Walls said, well, this is definitely a rainy day. And uh, But Walls is saying that the, the uh, economic forecast is likely to be better than we were expecting because we have quite a bit, I, I believe, 8 million... Um, I could be wrong on that number, but we we came in quite a bit ahead on uh, revenues over the last year or the last few quarters. So he's kind of counting on there being more money than we thought. So, But he's talking about, yeah, let's take money out of the rainy day fund now and then maybe use that extra money to replenish it later so that we maintain our rainy day fund. But uh, the agreement is is pretty astonishing between the DFL and GOP in the House. Now, of course, the, the big mystery, uh, and by the way, they're thinking of possibly even having a special session next week where they get this stuff passed. Now, the, the big mystery is the Senate hasn't said very much at all about it. And uh, so who knows what will happen there. It could turn into a fight between the House and the Senate again. But it's a very good sign that the DFL and the GOP in the House are pretty much in cahoots with each other as far as getting some COVID relief. Uh, that's new news. Um, uh, I was gonna also going to say uh, something about some <laughs> craziness that's going on. Uh, some more new news came out about the, uh, we'll call it Republicans in weed clothing. Um, I don't, we're up to like six or something like that. Uh, uh, candidates that ran for one of the two. There's a grassroots legalized cannabis party, and there's the legal marijuana now party. Two different parties that had candidates running that seemed to be recruited by Republicans. And um, a new, more information came out about one. So that uh, it really seems like the uh, Senate candidates actually made it so that the DFL could not win the uh, Senate back. They were kind of a spoiler. They took away votes from the DFL candidates in a few districts, and they took away more votes than what the DFL candidate lost by. Uh, And then also in a local House race down in Shakopee, Ryan Martin was uh, a a uh, legal marijuana now candidate. He got 1,706 votes, and the DFLer lost by something like 540 votes. And uh, now it was just found out that he is somebody who lives with his mom in Shakopee. He's a 23-year-old guy who lives with his mom, and his mom was actually dating Adam Weeks, who is one of the other candidates for the Legal Marijuana Now party. He ran in the second congressional district against, uh, well, basically trying to to uh, take votes away from the DFL down there. He even went so far as to say that the uh, Republicans offered him 15 grand to run a campaign. And of course, he's not naming names. Um, there, 
but there he did say uh, there was another candidate though who did name names. He said there's a, a candidate, Sammy McCarthy. He was a marijuana legalization advocate who he ended up not running, but he said he was called to the state capitol in January to meet with uh, Paul Gazelka. Paul Gazelka is the uh, Minnesota Republican uh, Senate Majority Leader. So he's the head of the of the Senate. He's a, a Minnesota senator, of course. And uh, he was encouraged to run as a legalization candidate against Democratic Senator Gregory Clausen, and it was a tightly contested district. Uh, Sammy McCarty says about his meeting with Paul Gazelka, he said, it, it didn't make sense to me. I was dumbfounded. And he said, I really think it was to take votes away from Greg Clausen. So some... Uh, nasty, dirty, cheating politics going on there in Minnesota that I hope we can uh, figure out what happened and maybe do something about it. Um, on some points I was going to make, too, about uh, in national politics, uh, kind of, I, I realize I'm kind of switching subjects here uh, abruptly, but there's just so much to talk about. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the attitudes. That, there's also talk going on about there being infighting in the Democratic Party between progressives and uh, uh, sort of uh, middle-of-the-road Democrats. And I, I really think it's being played up in the media quite a bit. We had uh, AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She was supporting Bernie Sanders and once Bernie Sanders was out of the primaries, uh, AOC shifted to supporting whoever needed to get supported. I, I don't think she's trying to cause a stir myself. She's, she's pushing on some things. She's saying what she would, she would like, but she's not trying to cause a stir and trying to cause problems. I really don't see it as being infighting in the party. I think it's being overplayed by media because now the media has got to think of some other reason for us to watch them because I know I've... I don't feel like watching any <laughs> news for quite a while, and I'm glad that uh, somebody told me that it looks like Joe Biden's going to be kind of boring. And I said, "Yeah, that's great. That's how presidents are supposed to be. I mean, it, not to, not to not be exciting, but we don't have to wake up every morning and wonder, you know, which five stories are going to be thrown at us just this." day before lunchtime. You know, the president's not supposed to be on TV every day. We're supposed to be able to go on with our lives and, uh, you know, worry about our jobs and our family. So the media is going to, you know, they're going to be trying to entice us to watch for some reason or another. When you really think about it, a lot of the things that AOC talks about, she talks about getting rid of the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act was only... Uh, put in place after 9-11, and it was supposed to be temporary. Most people thought it would maybe last a year or two, and it was supposed to be there until we figured out what happened with this terrorist attack and uh, and what was going, you know, we, we were pretty dumbfounded. It was, uh, we felt all of a sudden kind of like we were at war, but we didn't know exactly who the enemy was or what form they would take. It was, you know, it was a scary time. And we also started the Department of Homeland Security. So neither the Patriot Act nor the Department of Homeland Security even existed before 9-11. And both of them were originally intended to be temporary. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, and in case you don't know, she is a congresswoman. Uh, she is, I think she's 31 years old or something like that. She's very young. She was working as a, a bartender in New York City and decided to run for Congress, um, blew out the primary against an incumbent Democrat there, and then won the election and then re-won the election in 2020. So she won in 2018 and won in 2020. Um, she's become kind of a national star, and uh, she's extremely intelligent, and I believe she's really good at her job. I've seen her in, in some committee hearings, and she definitely does her, her research and knows what she's talking about. And she's saying we should get rid of the Patriot Act, and we should maybe even think about folding up the Department of Homeland Security. And people call her radical for saying those things. I really don't think that that's being radical. I think that's being kind of old school, the way that the United States was originally supposed to be. We're not even, according to our Constitution, we're not even supposed to have a standing federal military. 
that only even after World War One, we uh, dismantled our military. the The only time we didn't dismantle was after World War Two, which. Uh, and, and ever since then, it's kind of like we're trying to find a way to use our toys. And we're always in a skirmish, never uh, an, an official war, because uh, Congress is supposed to declare war. The last time Congress declared war was for World War II. So even uh, the Korean War wasn't called the Korean War during the Korean War. It was called a, a police action because we weren't technically at war because uh, Congress did not approve it. So, And every skirmish we've been in since then, you can call them a war, but Congress has not approved it. Um, so anyway, Congress never actually even <laughs> officially approved either of the wars that we're in now. So... Uh, and another point I'd like to make about AOC talking about some of these things, she's talking about downsizing the the size of government. She's talking about saving billions, trillions of dollars that we could put elsewhere. Why would conservatives be so against her for trying to downsize the government and save taxpayers money in possibly into the trillions? Um, I don't know. That seems like a conservative thing to do, not not a uh, radical lefty thing to do. Um, and not to mention the Department of Homeland Security. The, for instance, the second cabinet uh, secretary, his name was Michael Chertoff. You may not remember, but he was kind of big news about 15 years ago. After he uh, stopped being the cabinet secretary for the Department of Homeland Security, he got a job with the company that makes the scanners that we now have in uh, airports, the ones where you have to hold your hands over your head and spread your feet, and, and then it kind of circles around you. And people used to talk about, oh, it can see me naked and all this stuff. Uh, those were pushed onto uh, airports um, back by the company that Michael Chertoff was lobbying for. And Michael Chertoff, of course, he sat on, on the, the board. Um, he sat on many boards, actually, of companies that had military contracts. He made a lot of money off of his experience being the cabinet secretary for the Department of Homeland Security. So one could say that the, the grift was going on way back then under the George W. Bush administration, uh, you know, just because people think George W. Bush is not as bad as Trump doesn't mean that we should forget how bad the George W. Bush years were. I remember uh, fumigating my own house when uh, Obama won the election because I felt like whatever the air has been all around here needs to <laughs> get pushed out the windows. And it, I, I remember how, how much of a relief it was when uh, the Democrats won the White House back. So just some points that I'd like to make um, and I guess revealing just how much of a progressive liberal I might be. Uh, uh, you can judge that however you'd like. Let's take one last break and come back. Um, you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Uh, this is FYI Politics. Todd Mickelson sitting in for Brett Johnson. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Now, more than ever, we are being faced daily with a topic of human mortality. And for many people, estate planning has been top of mind. Getting your estate planning done now can be easy and cost-effective. Shroman Law offers virtual options for initial consultations so that new clients can safely initiate the process. With many facing uncertain financial situations, Shroman Law also offers affordable fees for legal documents. Learn more at shromanlaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N-Law.com. Just because the weather is cooler doesn't mean you have to stop enjoying outdoor dining and concerts. Crooner's Supper Club has upgraded their main outdoor stage for the cold weather. All socially distanced tables are now tent sheltered. And there's a brand new state-of-the-art custom heating system that will keep you warm on these cool nights. So enjoy some outdoor concerts while staying warm at the upgraded Crooner's Main Stage. Crooner's Supper Club is off Moore Lake and Highway 65 and at croonersmn.com. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. 
Warner Stellion is serving up unbeatable, exclusive Black Friday savings on thousands of in-stock appliances. Receive free installation when you choose a KitchenAid, Frigidaire, or Beko dishwasher. Save hundreds on top-rated laundry pairs and complete kitchen packages. Then save more with safe, free delivery and haul-away from our trusted specialists. Open a Warner's card and we'll gift you a $100 bonus. Unbeatable Black Friday appliance savings are waiting at Minnesota's own appliance specialist, Warner Stellion. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about the joy of live fire cooking. Cooking over a live fire is the oldest and most basic form of cooking. What's new is in the way a fire is handled and its heat is managed. It's easier to experience and enjoy the smell and taste of food cooked over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs live fire grills, fire pits, and ovens. Let us help you experience the smell, the taste, the fun of cooking with fire. Pizza was first made and is still best made in an open fire oven. The radiant and conductive heat of a live fire is unmatched for wood roasting and baking artisan breads too. Come see the many ways you can cook over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces strives to maintain a healthy environment for their customers and employees. They invite you to visit weekdays 9.30 to 5.30 and Saturdays 9.30 to 4. You'll find an uncrowded and comfortable social space to learn about Woodland Stoves' many indoor and outdoor fireplace products. More at woodlandstoves.com. All right. I hate to walk on such a funky baseline. You're listening to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in for Brett Johnson, the normal host of FYI Politics. And uh, we have a caller on the line. He'd like to talk about accountability for Republicans. Mark from Fridley. Mark? You bet. Hey, Todd. Nice job. Um, I want to talk about the job of the attorney general because Keith Ellison is obligated to look into these cases. I'm going to piggyback off of the um, Enbridge pipeline uh, fiasco scandal and how that was ramrodded through and the corruption involved with that. And also we've got what you were describing is felony election fraud and campaign fraud, which are federal crimes. Uh, You know, when you basically recruit a candidate implicitly for the purpose of drawing votes from the opposition candidate. Those are all crimes. We need to call the Attorney General's office, Keith Ellison, and tell him that we should have charges against those people. And he can all, all the research he needs to do is out of the, um, the Star Tribune. And I want to piggyback, too, on what you said with regards to data privacy. Privacy no longer exists, nor has it for a long time. Um, you're never going to talk to anybody who knows more about this than me. And I would be happy to explain it to you, but a native Minnesotan who was the longest tenured Supreme Court Justice of the United States said this, we are rapidly entering the age of no privacy, where everyone is open to surveillance at all times, where there are no secrets from the government. That was William O. Douglas, a native Minnesotan, and he said that in 1966. Yeah. Yes, I I agree that I I think it's always hard for people to acclimate to the new level of things like that. Technology is moving along. A lot of people, you know, uh, they put themselves out on Facebook and things like that. And uh, there's there's always uh, uh, a funny thing that happened is um, that uh, I heard this parlor whole thing that people are moving to from Twitter to Parler, a lot of right-wingers. And um, Parler was hacked, uh, I guess, yesterday. So because it's it was set up without really any uh, privacy guards whatsoever. But uh, yes, I, I agree there's there's a lot that needs to be watched. And, and I agree with you. I think people should contact uh, uh, Keith Ellison, the Minnesota Attorney General, and talk about, hey, I want something done about what I'm hearing about these, um, these uh, I call them Republicans in weed clothing candidates. It seems like there was something nefarious going on, so I agree with you on that. Thanks for your call, Mark. Um, we've got just a, a couple more minutes. I want to say one more thing. I, I'm kind of taking the opportunity to uh, air some grievances that I have from being a, an actual candidate that ran for the state house. This guy, Eric Mortensen, who ended up winning in Shakopee, House District 55A, he's one of the ones who who looks like possibly, I would say probably won because of the fake uh, – 
legal marijuana now candidate. And so he eked in. There was a really great uh, first-time uh, House um, representative in Shakopee, and he beat him. And Eric Mortensen, one of the things that he says is that he is a business owner. But he doesn't talk about what his business is. Now, I'm a small business owner. I invented a contraption and patented it and built a business around it and developed more products. And we sell them. We manufacture them out of one of the old Tonka Toys buildings on Tonka to- uh, Lake Minnetonka. And we uh, send them all around the world. That's my business. And I'm an actual small business owner who invented something to do out of nothing. And... I feel like if you're going to tout yourself as being a business owner and then run for office and say that that's one of the things, one of the reasons you're running for office and why you would be a a good representative, I think you need to fully explain what your business is. Eric Mortensen will not do that. It sounds like maybe he has something to do with uh, general contractors, but he won't define what his business actually is, and I, I've heard of a lot, and of course they're usually Republicans, a lot of uh, Republican candidates call themselves a small business owner, and it turns out that they own a franchise in Remax Results or something like that. And I'm sorry, but buying a franchise of a, of a national company or an international company is just not the same as being an independent, true small business owner. So uh, again, I think we've established that we can use terms like, it really burns my bean. I think I can say on the radio, um, as a former candidate who was an actual business owner, um, It's a a huge grievance of mine. So um, anyway, we are on the way out here, and I would just like to thank everybody at AM950 for uh, allowing me to to sit in today. Um, Brett Johnson, I believe he'll be back on Monday. Is that that correct? Yeah, I believe Brett Johnson will be – or not – actually next Wednesday is FYI Politics is Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 2 o'clock. Um, Brett Johnson will be back hosting his show, I believe, and hopefully I will get to sit in sometimes here throughout the holidays when those guys need a vacation again. So this is Todd Mickelson signing off. You've been listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, FYI Politics. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the